It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in here to Talent Talk and joining me as we uh, bring in uh, another new show, our first show of February. I think last week we had a little bit of technical problems that we seem to have gotten worked out, but thank you, everyone, for your patience, and we'll certainly get our last guest that we didn't get to rescheduled and back on the air. So uh, I think in the four or five years we've been doing it, it's the first time we ever just had complete Internet meltdown, but we dealt with it. Um, Hopefully we won't have that again. So anyways... Uh, in case this is the first time you happen to be tuning into the show, you know, I've had the privilege of meeting some really cool people, uh, you know, whether it be at a conference, through LinkedIn, um, you know, through another connection, and really designed this show to bring a conversation to life to allow what would already be a conversation I might have with this person to learn more about them and the cool things that they're doing. Um, it allows everyone else to listen in and even participate in the conversation. So, um, Talent Talk is live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, you can also access the show the way most people do, which is actually you know, over 10,000 people a day are coming in and listening to a show on iTunes. You can find us on the podcast, podcast part of their platform. You can also hear us on iHeartRadio on any device. Love to have people doing that. And you know, a big thank you to everyone who's tuning in on a regular basis. Uh, if you have questions for one of my guests today, uh, some other guests for me, guest suggestions, whatever it may be, uh, please uh, send them to us on Twitter by tweeting to add people G2. Use the hashtag talent talk. That way we can find it. We can respond. If it's live during the show, my producer, Mike, even feeds me those questions and we work them into the show and see if we can't uh, get some cool answers out of our guests. So speaking of my guests, I have two of them on the show today. We're going to first bring in uh, Rick Cassidy, the president of Sky Search Partners, and uh, then he'll be followed up with my second guest, which will be after that commercial break, uh, Karen Rausch, uh, the vice president of human resources for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, uh, being a Laker fan, we won't hold that against her, but uh, we'll uh, glad to have an interesting uh, uh, set of guests here today. So, uh, Rick, uh, welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and bring you in. Thank you, Chris. I'm doing great. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you're doing over there at uh, Sky Search Partners, and you know what's important to know about you? Yeah, fair enough. Well, and I've been in Arizona for um, about the last, well, I moved here in 1996, you know, born and raised in Northern California, uh, kind of a beach boy at heart. I was raised in Santa Cruz. And uh, after getting my degree in business, uh, with a minor in statistics, you know, I jumped into the job force 
and I've kind of had a fun, eclectic career in many ways. Started out as a salesperson and had the fortune to work my way up to a senior vice president of a, a few large corporate organizations running sales teams and account management teams. But I always had this burning passion, uh, Chris, to build my own executive search business, probably that started when I was 28 or 29. And so I followed that, that dream and that passion. And in 2006, I formed my first executive search firm that uh, I've recently rebranded as of last year, which is Sky Search Partners. Uh, some of the basis for the rebranding is we are doing a national growth program. We're actually going to launch two new what I call practice areas in uh, 2018. The first one will be in March dedicated to hospitals and health systems and physician group executive search work. And the second one is going to be in Q2 around population health management. So we are a boutique executive search firm with the majority of our focus in healthcare. Uh, our philosophy is very partnership-driven. Uh, we love to be part of a corporation's strategy team around their human capital management needs uh, and really work hard to, you know, be that partner. And then uh, equally as important to us, Chris, is our candidate experience. So we're very passionate about putting people to work, and we very much like to build relations, relationships into well into the future. So you talked a little bit about, you know, where you guys are uh, focusing in on and some of the things you're looking to do. Would you say you have a, a clear vision then on, you know, maybe how, the, how you want the company to really play out on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, is it niche-specific, or is there something broader about how you guys approach things? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's a, it's a blend or a combination of both, Chris. I think, first of all, you know, when I think of what I want people to walk away from when they work with our firm and our recruitment process is I want them to feel like SkySearch Partners is the, one of the best of the best, and they care about their candidates as well as their clients, and that we've changed people's lives in a positive way. So that's the driving force behind a lot of what we do. But from a more practical standpoint, you know, my goal is I want to build, you know, one of the strongest specialized executive recruiting firms serving predominantly the healthcare industry in over the next 10 to 15 years. And so a lot of what we've been doing with our rebranding, uh, with some of our new website development, and the way in which we handle recruiting is really designed around trying to achieve that outcome. Um, and so that's what I work on, you know, every single day. And I guess the other thing I would share with you is in our core values, we like to think drive everything we do. We have them posted throughout the office and on our website, and it starts with people above all else. And, and so we really drive, you know, that people-centric dynamic in every interaction that we do. And I would tell you that's probably our, our driving factor in vision. And, and so we've mentioned uh, healthcare here a couple times, and certainly that's a growing market and one that, uh, given the change in generations, um, certainly will be an area that uh, will be ripe for uh, for a lot of uh, employment for people. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's really a kind of a focus for you guys. Can you talk about how you decided to focus on that? Because maybe more so than just the fact that there's maybe um, a lot of jobs happening there, you still have to have an understanding and a focus of what, you know, hospitals or other healthcare 
providers may need. So how did you guys end up kind of focusing in on that niche? Yeah, you know, Chris, kind of uh, from day one when I graduated from college, I had a very specific vision of either building a career in healthcare or uh, technology. And, you know, my mother was a, a nurse during my youth, and then she later was a nurse executive. So I was exposed to, to healthcare at a very early age. And, you know, there's, there's some interesting dynamics around healthcare that, that I happen to really enjoy. And number one is a very strong relationship-based business. Uh, when you think about what caregivers are trying to do in healthcare, it's really, you know, give a great quality patient care at the bedside and an outcome. But what's been intriguing over the last probably 15 to 20 years is this whole dynamic of being more financially responsible for health care. So, you know, in the past, you might have heard a mission was, you know, quality patient care for all. Well, now it's going to be quality patient care while making a margin at the same time. So it's, and it's been interesting to see the industry evolve. Um, what drove this business 20 years ago versus 10 years ago versus today are very different. I think I would characterize that as, you know, this whole consumerism theme is coming to healthcare, And it's been quite interesting for us because if you look at what a lot of the not-for-profit hospitals and health systems have tried to do from a, a human capital standpoint or a management standpoint, is bring in leaders from you know, consumer-type organizations and really try and get a different consumer experience. And what makes that a challenge is the way healthcare is paid for. Um, you know, most people in the United States think that healthcare is a right if you're a U.S. citizen, and, and yet they, they get a lot of it paid for by, you know, their employers. And so the buying process is so different for healthcare than it is for consumer products. But for us as a search firm, it plays out nicely because we have the opportunity to work with our clients to help them get that talent that they're looking for. And so, you know, it's just been a very evolving industry. Um, you know, if you look at healthcare around the world, I think we have some of the most effective healthcare. We also have the most expensive healthcare. So it is a very, it's been an interesting journey for sure. And it's just one that there's so many elements of it as well. It just serves our, our company well. That's that's really great, and you, you kind of talked on a lot of fascinating issues. Maybe ones that, on a talent-focused show, we're not really going to go dive into. But yeah, I mean the complexities of healthcare and and who pays for it, and what are we want to give our citizens, and all that are fascinating debates that I often see on social media <laughs> playing out all the time. Um, you know, as an executive search firm, are there Metrics that you use to ensure that candidates you're presenting for employment are a good cultural fit? I mean, they can have the right talents, the right resume, the right uh, degrees, but how do you deal with that culture part of it? Uh, you know, another great question. I, I, I would tell you I think probably the cornerstone of most of our success is driven from putting the right people in the right companies. And so, you know, before we take on a search, we'll do a pretty extensive discovery process with prospective clients to really understand, you know, who they are, you know, what are their values as a company, uh, you know, what is their culture like, what type of leaders succeed in those organizations. And so we get a very clear picture of what profile we need in a candidate. And so that's how we approach the process. And, you know, from kind of a more practical level, to your point, you know, our goal is with each search we want to put 
six what we would consider qualified candidates that can do the job. So you know, we're very focused on a good culture fit. They also have to have the right experience and background uh, to really be able to be a great fit in the organization. But I would say culture is probably number one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you know, for as much time or as much importance as we have seen in this, there's still so many companies that don't focus on this um, as a big part of, of success. They'll bring in a lot of people and burn through a lot of people and then, mad, you know, sort of find somebody that finally fits. But they probably could have done that if they had slowed down a little bit in the beginning and gotten the right person the first time. Um, you, you know, maybe you could talk about within your own organization, what does a good cultural fit look like? You know, um, you know being a smaller organization, you know, I would tell you, that I, I would describe our culture as team-oriented, results-driven, with a special emphasis on putting people first. So, you know, my philosophy as a owner of a company is I believe if we take care of our employees, they'll and they will take good care of you know, our customers and candidates, together that's going to really fuel our success. So um, I'm big on it. Um, you know, we have a fun factor in our firm. Um, we've got a little basketball hoop here. We one of our employees won a national championship uh, in college in women's basketball, so she's very competitive. So we try and have fun, but we also have a work hard, play hard kind of a mindset. And the other thing I would say that's kind of really played out for me as a leader over the years is I like to recruit people with competitive backgrounds that have, that have played organized sports or organized events so they really know how to behave like a team, um, have fun like a team, you know, learn as a team, both from successes and failures. So you know, I put a high value on um, the culture for our organization and we kind of do things together, whether it's play, go to top golf and play or you know, go to a football game or I think you said you've got a Phoenix Suns person coming on later. You know, we occasionally we go watch the Suns as well, but that's what it's a, for me, it's, it's, caring about our people and making sure they know we care about them and creating an environment for them to flourish. And that's what, that's what really gets me out of bed every day. So you, you began to kind of describe some of your teams, and um, I know you're passionate about creating high-performance teams. Um, some might argue that everyone having the same mindset and similar skills are what might make a high-performance team. And, then you know, certainly others we've had the show talk about diverse thinking and variety of strengths. Um, as their kind of core to that kind of a team. Maybe you could describe, in your opinion, what it takes to create a, a high-performance team. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's another really good question. You know, a long time ago, I don't remember who said this quote, but it was the you know, the speed of the teams, the speed of the leader. Um, you know, I think leaders have a responsibility to set the right uh, vision, mission, strategy, and direction. You know, when I take that a step further, and you know, how does that work for us at Sky Search Partners? Um, it starts with about four or five items. First, it's you know trying to develop a unique product or service, and and so we've tried very hard to say what do we do and why is it different and why us. You know, the second to, to me that's critical in a high performance team is, and I, I call this unwavering belief in your company and products and services. Um, the third thing. Uh, Chris, that I think is critical is pride. I mean, if you if you've got pride in your work in your organization, it's going to take you a long way. Um, you know, the next is really it's commitment, it's being fully committed to success and know what that looks like. 
couple of other ones that I think are critical is passion. Um, we really recruit people that are passionate about what they do, that we probably do 95% of all of our work on the phone. So you have to have that passion come across in the telephone uh, when you're interacting with prospective clients and candidates. And I think I, I would just say the last two things that are critical to high-performance teams, you know, you can't beat hard work. I've got old-fashioned values around, you know, work hard and play hard. So I think that's critical. And then finally, it's results. You know, if you had all the other six and you don't have strong results around performance, you know, you've got issues. And so, you know, we're very much a performance-driven, results-based you know, team. And so those would be the key elements that I think are critical day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you're that, that great quote that you mentioned earlier, if I'm correct, is Lee Iacocca, um, who has had a, a, a few, more than a few good quotes attributed to him. You, you know, one of the things we started asking our guests uh, this year, because uh, we kind of get some cool answers out of it, and maybe you have something uh, interesting uh, for us to consider. And, and that gets around this idea of you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who are uh, the type of people we have on this show are always kind of trying out new things, whether it's a gadget, it's an app, um, you know, it's something to m- improve their life or make it easier or more efficient or more effective. Is there anything like that that maybe you've recently started using or, or, or um, experimenting with that you might share it with us? You know, I, I wouldn't say we have a magic bullet per se um, for any gadget. What I will tell you is, you know, when I started building this firm, we did have a you know, CRM customized for our business and the way we work. So it follows our, our workflows. Um, you know, we've designed our technology so that every recruiter in the firm has, you know, dual monitors so you can go back and forth using different databases and social media platforms, which is really what drives a firm like ours. Uh, what I would also tell you that we're in the process of doing is, you know, with the rebranding of the company, um, our new, our version 2.0 website is uh, is up and generating some nice uh, traffic for us. And as we look into uh, 2018 and beyond, you know, our goal is to start uh, publishing more on our website so that it really embraces a lot of the social media marketing uh, initiatives to continue to keep us, you know, front and center and out there. Um, so that's what we're doing. I, I wish that we had a, a simple little, um, you know, gadget or an app, and we're kind of kicking around maybe developing an app in the next two to four quarters. Um, but we've got a little more foundation work to do in continuing to drive, you know, the new brand and specifically launching these two new uh, practice areas that I referenced earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about uh, books? Is there a book that you're reading right now or one that you often suggest people take a look at? You know, there is. In fact, um, you know, I, I do enjoy reading, and I, most of everything I read are business books or, you know, sports periodicals. But you know, right now I'm reading a book by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's called The Four Agreements, and, and it was a New York Times bestseller. And it, it's really uh, very uh, basic and pragmatic in many ways, Chris. It's, and these are the, the four agreement areas. The first is, you know, be impeccable with your word. The second is, that don't take anything personally. And the third agreement is don't make assumptions. And then the fourth is always do your best. And you know, people who've been around me who know me in the business world or in our social circles here, um, 
I preach to my son that one of the most important um, things you can become in life is somebody whose word is good. And so he knows that we have a saying in my family that if your word is no good, nothing else matters. And so it's been very interesting in this. This book does a really nice job of putting some simplistic ideas down that really can help you get to another level uh, in whatever you're doing, whether it's work or play, your spiritual life, etc. So that's what I'm reading now, and so far it's turned out to be a great book. Well, it sounds like a good one for people to check out. Uh, we always enjoy these uh, suggestions from our guests. Uh, you know, you've mentioned a lot of great things today on the show. Um, you know, if someone maybe only heard one point or only remembered one thing that you said or you, you talked about as kind of a summary, what, what would that, you know, one or two takeaways be that you hope somebody heard today? You know, probably would be the following. First is that we're passionate about putting great people with great companies. Um, we have a saying around here that's actually posted, we love putting people to work. So I think that would be one. The second would be that we're really driven by relationships. And, and while we want the business, we need the relationship. And that's how we're wired as a group. And so people are looking for you know, really tangible working relationships with professionals that care and take the next step. step. That's what we're really designed to do. And, you know, the last thing would be, you know, we want to change people's lives for the good. Uh, that's really great. Um, you know, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about uh, Sky Search Partners? Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so they can they can find us on the web at www.skysearchpartners.com. And we've got a very intuitive site that uh, if people want information on things, they can they can put their personal information. It's just a, a name, an email, and a phone number. And they can even download stuff from the website or get pointed to the right person. Um, they can also email me. My email is rcassidy at skysearchpartners.com. And then they can always catch us. Uh, our office number is 602-329-9939. And we're, we're really passionate about building new relationships. So if anybody has questions and we can be of help, uh, we're here. Well, great. Uh, thank you so much, Rick, for being a part of the show and uh, sharing everything about your company and your passion. I uh, really appreciate you doing that. Hopefully uh, we can have you come back at some point and give us an update on uh, how you're doing and uh, more, more great things that we can learn from you. All right. That sounds great, Chris. Thanks for your time, and thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break, but we'll bring on um, our second guest just after this. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news, or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? 
Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. Uh, if you're just joining me, missed a great interview with uh, Rick, Ca- uh, Rick uh, Cassidy, the president of Sky Search Partners. Uh, you can listen to that uh, episode if you missed it on iTunes or iHeartRadio here in the next couple of weeks as we publish that uh, those podcasts. So um, you can also go to uh, TalentTalkRadio.com anytime. Uh, if one of those other places aren't good for you to, to listen to the past shows, we also have everything there. Don't forget to send us your questions right now. Um, use the at uh, PeopleG2 and the hashtag TalentTalk. I imagine for this one, too, you might even be able to use that hashtag of Suns or NBA or anything else. But um, let's go ahead and bring in uh, my next guest, uh, Karen Rausch. She's the Vice President of Human Resources for the Phoenix Suns. And uh, so, Karen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be there. And I think it's very apropos. It's very coincidental that... Um, of course, the Lakers and the Suns are playing today, so if anyone's listening live, they happen to be playing today, and we have you on the show, and I'm here near L.A. and a Lakers fan, and, and you're uh, uh, working there with the Phoenix Suns, so I think it's funny how life does those little things to us. <laughs> I know. That's great. So why don't you tell everyone a little about yourself, what, what, what we should know about you, and of course, what you're doing over there, what your role really consists of as you do uh, work there for the Suns. Well, sure. I'd be happy to. Well, I'm in my 24th season with the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Mercury, and Sports Entertainment Services. And in the sports industry, we refer to time, not so much in years, but in seasons. So um, the Suns and the Mercury, they are our professional sports franchises. Sports Entertainment Services is the facility management group that operates the Talking Stick Resort Arena. And all in, we employ about 1,000 people. As the VP of HR, I'm responsible for all aspects of the human resources function, including employment branding, talent acquisition, organizational development, employee relations, benefits, compensation. And uh, in addition to that, though, I have also the responsibility of overseeing our guest experience initiatives. So probably a better title for me would be Vice President of People Experience. Well, that's great. And and so it's always interesting when we hear about a person's journey as they, you know, kind of go from where they were to where they are now. I know you studied communications in college, but you also worked, you know, most of your career in HR. So how did you kind of end up in this, you know, specific area of, of HR? Yeah, well, I attended Arizona State University, and at the time I wanted a career in marketing or public relations. So I got an internship in the corporate communications department with a new airline who was headquartered in Tempe, close to Arizona State. And that airline at the time was America West. Today you would know them as American Airlines. And Mm -hmm. it was an exciting time to work for the airline. They were growing at a very rapid pace. But they also had this very strong commitment to promoting from within and learning the business from the front line. So... After graduation, I made the decision to hire on as a CSR, which was their term for a cross-functional role, which included working at the ticket counter, gates, and as a flight attendant. And I did that for about six months, and when I was promoted then into a supervisory role. And my day-to-day duties in that role really focused on employee relations. And at the time, AmeriCorps West was non-union, and in fact, 
while I was with the airline, there was an attempt to unionize flight attendants that was unsuccessful. But that whole experience really provided me a great learning opportunity in both employee and labor relations as a result. So, you know, they had a lot of rapid growth, as I mentioned, and then along came the Gulf War, which resulted in some financial difficulties, and, you know, the airline industry as a whole was extremely volatile. So that was my chance to look for a new opportunity when I, um, at the time, applied for the job here with the team as an HR assistant. And when I started, we were a two-person office, so I was able to gain experience in all aspects of the HR function. And as our department grew, I focused more on benefits administration and employee relations. Um, but, you know, there are some days that I look over at the marketing and PR folks and I think, wow, they get to have all the fun. But really, <laughs> I, I love HR and I can't imagine doing anything else. So, you know, I imagine one of the things that people might want to know, we've had other people from other sports organizations, and we've gotten different answers from different people. But I know that the kind of the question that uh, comes up that you know, people want me to ask someone in your position is, you know, how much time and how much, you know, do you actually deal with, let's say, player-related uh, things, and is that even a part of, of what you do, um, versus, you know, you have an entire organization filled with people who no one knows their names, right? They're not playing on a court. Um, they're not doing anything that is on TV. Um, but you have this vast amount of, of people that really are supporting those people. Um, can you kind of describe, you know, where your role sits and, and what, you know, percentage or portion of your time do you kind of deal with the different segments of those, those what you wouldn't call uh, employees? Yeah. And, you know, when you work for a sports franchise, I know everyone probably forgets about those what we'll call typical business functions, you know, like HR, finance, payroll, you know, all of those things that you'll see in any organization, whether it's a bank, high-tech firm, or sports industry. You know, yes, our, our product is our players in many cases. Um, we do, obviously, other things as well. Um, we are a venue, but certainly the player aspect is what I would call the most visible piece of that. We do administer their benefits and some of those types of things, but they are really, at the end of the day, they're union employees, and they, um, you know, we have a general manager and um, a whole staff that evaluates player talent. They don't go through the normal plot application process that a front office employee would go through, so it does look different. Um, and so, but we, we do, we handle their payroll, and we handle their benefits. So there's those parts that still fall within our offices. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, as an HR department and a sports team, you know, it, it really, there are, most aspects of it are just the same as you would anticipate seeing in other organizations. Right, right. I imagine being involved with a major sports team that, you know, you're certainly in the spotlight that, you know, maybe some of the, an employee problem that I might have is not going to make the news, but might make the news for you guys. Uh, and that's certainly a different lens to maybe be, uh, to be under. Um, you know, that kind of puts in perspective some other important initiative, things like diversity and inclusion and, um, you know, how your HR team uh, really maybe works to deal with those different um, uh, goals and, and values of the organization. So maybe speaking in general about, uh, some of those different topics, uh, things that are important in your workplace. How do you guys go about doing that? How do you kind of manage some of that and making sure that, you know, you meet those goals and that you're 
um, able to stay maybe in front of what could be you know a bigger problem for uh, a, a known organization versus an, you know somewhat somebody a block away that nobody knows their company, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I've used the term that we are probably one of the most public-private organizations in the state of Arizona, and you know, and sometimes it's even tough too as an employee when people have at times very strong opinions about your employer, you know, and the people who work with you. And it, sometimes it is hard not to take it personally, you know, and that kind of thing. But you're right, that spotlight um, is certainly one that we have to deal with. And, and you mentioned the diversity and inclusion piece of things. And, you know, that is certainly something that not just the Phoenix Suns, but the NBA as a whole, you know, we do believe in having, you know, a diverse workforce that provides you with diverse ideas and approaches to work, that it makes us stronger as an organization. And I know that's been in the, the news quite a bit lately and as well as other things, but that's something that we've had a commitment to for a period of time. Um, that's not something that's relatively new, and we do everything we can to make sure that our workplace is inclusive of all and you know, just a great place in, where people want to enjoy and come spend their time at. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, and that's an important part is that you guys are an employer. You're also entertainment. You're so many different things to the community, and um, it's a lot different role than most of us as employers uh, have to deal with. Um, you've been with the organization. I, I had done here 25 years. You mentioned 25 seasons, I believe. Um, and uh, what has been the most enjoyable part of your job? Um, you know, and what sort of things have been challenges Um that you look back on and are, are, you know, maybe with pride that you're able to deal with? Well, the enjoyable part, I would say, are the people. And I know I'm not the only person here who feels that way. Um, we hear this time and again when it's an engagement or an exit survey. You know, that's the kind of feedback we receive. The challenging part is the people, <laughs> are the people. Um, <laughs> right. People are complicated, and our employees are passionate about their work and our company, and that passion is a strong emotion. And, you know, then you add the element of it's a competitive sport. And depending on whether or not we just won or lost a game, you know, we can be anywhere on that emotional spectrum, so to speak, you know. And and this company has been such a part of my life. It's just kind of who I am. And, you know, one of the benefits for me is that it's helped – um, my cool factor with my two sons. So, well, anything that helps with that is always good. I know uh, parents are always trying to look cooler with their kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> and at least if you screw it up, right, you can always maybe bring them home an autograph, something or other, and that might uh, make <laughs> things better. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, what advice might you give to HR leaders when it comes to, you know, things like ensuring their hires match their culture? Um, you know, ensure that you guys have the right people at the right time, especially for organizations like yours that you really have different, completely different uh, sets of people and doing different things and uh, more really complex culture. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've done some work even of recent with uh, identifying culture and values and things like that. But, you know, there are assessment tools out there that can, you know, help you identify. And then certainly, you know, many HR folks will – ask a series of, say, behavioral-based questions in the interview process. 
Um, we use predictive index, which is an assessment tool. But we also um, share our value statement with folks in the interview process. We want to make sure that they've seen it. And then we even go so far as to ask a candidate, you know, which value statement really resonates with them and why. And then, you know, depending on how they answer, you can learn a lot about how they may handle, say, conflict or really just what's important to them in a working environment. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that we try to do, you know, to identify kind of would this be a good fit, you know, culturally. Um, you know, one of the other things I say to those is I, I do hire for attitude and I do trust my instincts. And I'll tell managers that if you're in the interview process and something doesn't feel quite right, you know, my experience has been is that it's going to surface on the job. So, you know, pay attention to those kinds of things. If, if something doesn't, like I said, you're not sure that this person's, you know, while they might have really great experience and, you know, have all the kind of things that you're looking for in a candidate, but the fit just doesn't feel right. You can't quite envision them in that role and working with other members of your team, then chances are this is not the right fit. This is not the right candidate. Yeah, and and that can be it can be a tough one to figure out. I mean, that's, I'm glad to hear you guys are using some assessment tools and things because sometimes what we think we see is different than maybe what the assessment comes back with, and, and vice versa. Um, it's always good to get a good uh, rounded sort of understanding of that person and different perspectives. Um, so we get different people in the organization too, right? So that we have not everyone who thinks exactly the same or is acts exactly the same. Um, to help our organizations think about things in different ways. But you're right, if you well, have that you're feeling, right. it, it, That's where that tough. diversity piece comes to play. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, wondering if there is a gadget or an app or something that you have <laughs> maybe recently taken on that uh, you're using at your job or at home or to be more productive or anything like that, just maybe something that... Uh, other uh, other leaders and organizations might want to check out? Well, we just recently are, um, we're with Ultimate Software, and that is our HR payroll system. And we just recently rolled out to our employees the mobile app version of it. And um, we're all still kind of learning and exploring how all of that works, but we are definitely, we recognize that people do a lot off the, you know, a lot of work off of their cell phone and that, you know, trying to make things much more friendly in that environment, too, as well as um, we're looking to add an applicant tracking system that has some mobile capabilities as well. Very good. Very good. Well, um, definitely, I know a lot of people uh, love that software, and um, I'm sure they'll love to check out the mobile app if that's something that they do. What is there a book that you're reading right now or maybe that you often um, uh you suggest that people take to read, and we know this is always one of our favorite questions to ask. Um, we love to know what other people are reading. So what book might you suggest we take a look at? You know, I have to kind of laugh because um, I actually belong to a book club, and I don't know that I have read a book from cover to cover in probably over a year. You know, I tend to be one of those people who kind of is a chapter-by-chapter chapter person, you know, where you pick out a book and you read a certain section of it that's of interest to you. But... Uh, and I'm frequently on planes a lot, and so many times I, I tend to read more articles from magazines or professional websites on a topic that I might be researching. But I will say that 
um, I do have a, a number of books on my bookshelf, and I recently did start reading Built on Values by Ann Rhodes. I don't know if you're familiar with Ann Rhodes at all. She was involved with um, JetBlue, Southwest Airlines. So we have a little bit of a similar background, but the book that she wrote, um, actually I was fortunate to have dinner with her, and she gave me a copy of her book. And the Suns recently updated um, our value statement, and we call them our family values. And so the book is really talking about taking your values off the written page and putting them into your daily operations. So that book really resonated with me. And like I said, we have a similar background, so I'm finding that is a very good read. Well, that sounds like a fascinating one. I know we love uh, studying companies like South Southwest Airlines. We've had uh, several of their people on our show, and I wrote about them in my book uh, coming out later this month. Um, and so I'm sure that that would be a great book to check out if she had a lot to do with kind of their success and their formation and the great culture that Southwest is really known for. But, you know, JetBlue's Jet no, uh, no slouch there either. They have a, some really great culture there as well. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a great book to check out. Well, uh, Karen, thank you so much for joining me today and providing us such great insight um, and, and, you know, coming onto the show. Uh, hopefully we can get a, you know, an update from you at some point and find out uh, how things are going with you um, in the future. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. And next week I will have uh, another two guests uh, joining me. We're going to bring on uh, William Tincott, president of Recruiting Daily, uh, and also Ron uh, Mester, the CEO of uh, Brightsfield Strategies. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.